Hey, welcome to the Talking Buckets podcast. This is an NBA show covering a broad range of topics, from legitimate analysis and predictions to weird, funny, dumb drama around the league. Feel free to skip ahead to whatever topics pique your interest, or stick around for the whole thing. And as always, thank you so much for supporting this growing project. We're only getting better every episode, and even one listen means the world to me. Now let's talk buckets! Okay, welcome back to another episode of Talking Buckets. Elijah Poulsen, Tiger Ann. Uh, we're still going to be remote for now just because of uh, some new COVID restrictions that have come up recently in British Columbia. Uh, but without further ado, let's jump right into things. The bulk of this episode is going to be talking about the first batch of all-star votes that just came back on Thursday. Um, and they released them in four categories. So the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference as the two main groups. And then each of those groups, we've got the front court and the guards. And fan voting only accounts for 50% of what goes into the starting lineups for the All-Star Games. But with that being said, it's always nice to just kind of take a look at these uh, rankings and figure out like where people's heads are at regarding the votes, um, as well as just kind of see like the names that shouldn't be on this list. So the game I want to play is I'm going to go through the top 10 in each category one by one, and we're going to debate whether they are too high and too low. Um, and then at the end of each of those groups, I'm going to list off a few players that I think should be in that top 10 in place. Uh, Tiger, are you ready to go? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Okay. So we're going to start with the Western Conference front court. I'm actually going to list the top two out of the gate here because I think these are the very clear top two, but I'm not sure if they're necessarily in the right order. So at number one, you have LeBron James and number two, you have Nikola Jokic. Do you think that those two should be swapped or do you like where they're ranked right now in the Western front court? Let's just be honest. LeBron James is always going to be ranked number one. Mm -hmm. The global influence he has, the game he has, the fact that he's been balling out and dominating the court. I think, yeah, there's no doubt LeBron deserves a number one spot. And Jokic, Jokic is, uh, He's doing wonders, big bringing back the big man waves. Uh, I'm loving it. So there's really no doubt that those two are top two in the front court of the Western Conference. Yeah, I think I would have to agree for sure. LeBron James has been putting up the best year 19 of any NBA player in history, and it's helping drag the Lakers back into the playoffs while Anthony Davis is out. Um, and then Nikola Jokic is keeping the Nuggets afloat despite them missing two thirds of their big three in Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Um, I think it just really comes down to what's more impressive. Like to me, LeBron will always be number one in this type of vote, no matter what. There, there's absolutely never a world where Nikola Jokic is going to get more votes than LeBron James. But I personally find the carry job Jokic is doing to be more important, more impressive than the one LeBron's doing. So maybe strictly out of play, I would put Jokic number one over LeBron, but I think I'm being a bit finicky there. And it's a very clear top two between them. Yeah, but here's the thing about the All-Stars voting. This, the All-Stars is purely a fan's vote, a popularity test, in my opinion. As we'll see later, you see names like Carmelo Anthony on the list. Yeah, So um, the yeah, good I, thing is, is that they have made some changes in recent years to kind of account for those fan votes. So now for the starting lineup, it's 50% fan vote, 
25% player vote, 25% coach vote. And then for the reserves, it's just the coaches. Yes. Um, but with that being said, like the fan vote, like it, it takes up half the vote for the starters. Like it can make or break like some players as to whether they get in the starting lineup or not. Sure. Um, continuing down the list, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list the next three here. Um, and we can just debate them all out of the gate here. So we've got Paul George at number three, Andrew Wiggins at number four, and Draymond Green at number five. Tiger, what are your thoughts on this? The three, four, five, it really – number three, Paul George, that makes sense to me. That's going to be – I'm not really surprised, but Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green up that high. Like, wow. Um, honestly, it, it, I honestly think that players like Towns – deserve to be in front of him but yeah i did not see this coming at all Drummond green yes we've seen what like you know he's accumulated that popularity and he showed us with his recent performance this year without clay on the team but wow andrew wiggins i i think he definitely deserves to be in the all-stars mentions but i did not expect him to have almost a million votes yeah me neither um obviously golden state has like a massive global appeal because of mainly steph curry and that kind of magnifies onto other players um andrew wiggins being four is probably the biggest shock for me actually no because we're gonna get down the list for the front court and we're gonna see some other stuff but andrew wiggins being number four in the western conference front court is a pretty big surprise he's obviously had like a big bounce back in his career since going to golden state um and he's having a pretty good season i would put him somewhere in the top 10 to be honest maybe just because like of the four categories the western conference front court probably has the least amount of depth yes. in terms of star players I was but, he, but he should not be at four um draymond green at five i can give that a pass maybe like one or two spots too high or whatever but i don't think it's outrageous having him at number five he's been having he's never going to be putting up like the type of points other players will um, but defensively, he's by far the most important player on the Warriors. And Paul George at three, I, 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 I can live with that. I think maybe like you could make a case. Actually, no. I think based on looking at the rest of this front court, like Paul George like deserves that three spot, especially with Kawhi still being out. Um, I definitely never want to hear that the Clippers don't have fans because like Paul George has over a million votes. <laughs> like like I, I never want to hear again about the Clippers not having a fan base after looking at this first round of votes. Um, but not the most outrageous with the exception of Wiggins in that three to five spot. Moving down, um, Anthony Davis at six, Carl Anthony Towns at seven. Carl Anthony Towns needs to be higher in my opinion, yes. and Anthony Davis needs to be lower. Do you agree with that? Yes, I agree with that. Anthony Davis, uh, I think the only reason he's in the position he is in right now is because his name, what he's done before, and the fact that he plays for the Lakers. Uh, mm -hmm. Big market team definitely plays a big role into this. Uh, but Towns should really be higher with only 470,000 votes. Like, that guy has been balling out throughout the season. Not recently because uh, he hasn't really, really been present and just made a comeback. But mm -hmm. overall, I think he's having a great season so far. His stats speak for himself. But I think it's just that, you know, you don't really get as much exposure playing for Minnesota, right? Whereas, as we'll talk about later, you see Carmelo Anthony on the list, and his stats are not even up there. Yeah. I mean, I know that Cat hasn't put together, like, the type of, like, dominant season that can carry a team to, like, the playoffs or, like, deeper than that. 
but I think there's a case to be made that like after Nikola Jokic, like Cat might be the next best center in the Western Conference. So seeing him at seven is uh, pretty surprising. The Timberwolves are fighting for a play-in spot right now. Um, and that middle of the pack in the Western Conference is a total logjam. So I could definitely see him kind of emerging as the season goes on. Yes. Um, obviously, the Timberwolves are a bit deeper with some other players that we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but I think he needs to be a bit higher. And Anthony Davis, like you said, it's mostly just based off of name. He's having another down year, which is pretty surprising considering last year was supposed to be his down year. Um, and he's obviously missed a bunch of time due to injury. I think there's still a chance he could get named as a reserve or whatever, but I don't think Anthony Davis is going to get listed as a starter for the Western front court. No, I'd be shocked. Um, then at number eight, we've got Carmelo Anthony, which is like that, that is like your first one to me where I'm like, okay, this is just like the fans like trolling and trying to get a player in because like, they just want that player in. Oh yeah. I mean, seeing Carmelo Anthony making a comeback this season on the Lakers is like, from being unwanted to now being in the all-star talks, I think that's one of the best Cinderella stories we've heard in ages. And you oh, know, 100%. What? Yeah, he's, he's a big name. He's entertaining. The way he plays in, in the all-stars, he's going to be an exciting star to watch, man. And honestly, I know he's, there are other players that deserve this spot, but I would love to see Carmelo Anthony on the play in the all-stars game. Yeah, I mean... I don't think it'll happen this year, but maybe if, you know, the off chance in the future, they do something like they did with uh, Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki a couple seasons ago where they, like, give them, like, honorary uh, all-star spots. I could see that happening to Carmelo someday. Um, and I also think he's going to be – I don't think he's going to win sixth man of the year because I think at this point Tyler Hero is, like, clearly running away with that one. Yeah. Um, but he's going to be a finalist for sixth man of the year. Obviously, like, he's really old since so for a – Obviously, he's really old for a basketball player, so he can't really play defense that much anymore. But offensively, like, he's contributing, like, what, four, five, six threes a game. When I was in Chicago, he hit seven threes. Like, offensively, he's been arguably, like, their third best player. Probably. And that's what I want to talk about as well. I feel like great or good defense doesn't really get mentioned when it comes to the all-star talk. Uh, as we can see later, Rudy Gobert at DeAndre Ayton only at number nine and ten. They've they've done more than some players that we've mentioned before, but I feel like yeah, this defensive players they just do not get the same recognition. Oh yeah, no way. Um, as Tiger said, it's Rudy Gobert at nine, DeAndre Ayton at ten. Both of them definitely need to be a bit higher. Uh, Gobert obviously makes half of that dynamic uh, duo at the Utah Jazz up and without him they're not the three seed as much as like Gobert likes to be mean for being like a bit of like a overhyped defensive player for someone who's won three defensive players of the year like the reason at this point the reason why Gobert doesn't put up like the crazy defensive stats is because people are just scared of like driving at him so he just doesn't have like the opportunities to put those stats up because no one wants to give him the chance to do that. And also like defense, it's not strictly just an individual thing. It's a team thing. The way the jazz play defense, it's meant for, it's meant for the whole team to shine versus to just like put stats up for someone like Gobert. Um, and Deandre Aiden criminally underrated piece in uh, Phoenix. He obviously got uh, a fair amount of recognition during that playoff run. Um, he's their third option. I think he deserves to be a bit higher. Sure, for sure. Uh, 
I think that's when the coaching's vote really comes into factor and players' vote. Um, as we can see, it's two great players in the bottom of the list. And mm-hmm. I wonder who's at number 11 and 12 and 13, you know. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what that 11, 12, 13 is, but what I did end up doing is for each of these categories, I picked three players that I thought should maybe if i had to sub someone out in the top 10 i could pick one of these three players um i will admit the west front court was the probably the trickiest the one requirement i set out for myself is that to pick an all-star this team this player had to be on a team that was within one game one or two games of a play-in spot um because i'm not like obviously players like sga brandon ingram are putting up good stats or whatever but they're on like tanking teams so i don't really think that necessarily rewards being an all-star um but the three front court players in the western conference i picked not that they should be all-stars but that they should at least be in this top 10 list um i put mccall bridges from phoenix tyrese halliburton from sacramento norman powell from portland tiger what do you think about that if you had to pick one person from that list to replace who would you pick and why right you legit picked the. Did you really just pick a Kings player? I did. I did. So one of my New Year's resolutions for this year is I'm not gonna shit on the Kings like as much anymore. Um, I don't want to like totally beat that joke into the ground right now. And I I am a fan of Tyrese Halliburton. I don't know how he fell to the Kings in the draft last year, um, but he it's he's made it clear in this second year, he's their best player. And I think he's probably the player the Kings are going to have to build around going forward. There's been a lot of rumors about trying to trade either Buddy Heald or Darren Fox. You don't hear that about Halliburton. Um, You also don't hear about Rashawn Holmes, who I haven't put here, but he's also like a pretty solid foundational piece for the Kings. Uh, But I'm a big fan of Halliburton. Uh, You know what I think? I think you're right. Those players definitely deserve to be in the conversation, but some player that stand out to me the most. I know you say you don't want to consider Shy Gil, which is Alexander, but I, I think that guy, man, he is so phenomenal that people want to see him play. And another person, oh, sorry, that's, that's a backcourt. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, you're oh. good, you're good. Yeah. But the point still stands. Even, like, we can talk about SGA yeah. for a little bit. Like, I think he will be an all star in his career. I have no doubt in my mind about that. I just think it's too early based on like how OKC is doing hell even next year like I expect the Thunder to be somewhat competitive um and I'd love to revisit that conversation next year but I think for this year like I couldn't put SGA um in this top 10 list but that's just my opinion um personally for me from the front court players though like as much as just talking about Tyrese Halliburton how much I love him I think if I had to replace one person um in the top 10 I would choose Mikhail Bridges Uh, he is so important to the Suns. He's probably going to be an all defensive first team. He's played, um, he, his defensive skills got really hyped after he locked down Curry for a game. He's just a really well-rounded player and complements the team pretty well. And is a big reason for why that Phoenix team is so balanced. Uh, I think that's a great pick. I love Bridges and the energy and the things he's been able to bring onto the court, the defense and, his frame is, is also his athleticism and he's a crazy player. People love to watch him play. Maybe, maybe the dunk contest, we can see him there. Yeah, that would be fun. That'd be awesome. I'd be super into seeing bridges for that. Um, 
but yeah, we can move on to the Western Conference guards now. Uh, so I'm just going to go with number one here. Like, it's no surprise. Steph Curry from Golden State is leading that category. And he's also leading all of the Western Conference. Um, and the overall leader for each conference, regardless of front court and guards, gets to be captain for that All-Star game. So if voting ended right now, Steph Curry would be the Western Conference guard captain. Um I think the biggest surprise to me is just if Curry gets to be captain for the Western Conference, it would end LeBron's run of being captains. He's been a captain every year since this form of the voting began. Do you think Curry's going to break that streak? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that LeBron signed up for when he moved to LA, right? You got to go against Steph Curry. I think he just might, you know, Curry is a force that cannot be stopped in the league. Comparing to LeBron, LeBron's taking his days off, you know, but LeBron, but Curry has been constantly falling out. And I, I, I guess I'm not saying Curry's a better player than LeBron, but I can definitely say that he's up there in terms of popularity. So, yeah, yeah. I can see him taking LeBron's spot. Mm-hmm. I think really the only thing I could see where LeBron maybe takes that spot back is... LeBron's obviously playing like incredible basketball right now. And on the other hand, Curry has been in a bit of a shooting slump the last few weeks. Um, So I do wonder if that could maybe help LeBron close the gap a bit. And to be fair, um, it is a half a million vote gap. So there's still two more weeks in voting. It's still a lot of votes to make up though. But I think if anyone can break that streak, it's going to be Curry. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Curry is the player of the decade. Yeah, he, he, he'll bounce back for sure, but he's also in a bit of a shooting slump. Despite that, though, the Warriors are still in the two seed, I think. Yeah, they're the two seed, only a game back of the Suns, and they're going to get Clay Thompson back on Sunday, I believe. Clay Thompson is coming back on Sunday, which is yes. super freaking hype, and we're going to get to him in just a little bit. Um, but the next two guards in the Western Conference at number two, you have Luka Doncic, and at number three, you have Ja Morant. So, on one hand, I am stoked about seeing Ja Morant this high. He has been having a killer season. This is, is, this, is this is the breakout season for Ja Morant. Um, he has been putting up insane stats, super clutch shots, um, going takeover mode in the fourth quarter. It's been awesome. Um, and looking at this list, like, just to be clear, the guard category, it includes point guards and shooting guards. Like, John Morant, to me, has been the second best point guard this year outside of Steph Curry. And I would put him at number two above Luka Doncic. Would you agree with that? Or is that too hot of a take? Um, that is rough to say. John Morant is definitely killing it this season. He's killing it. He deserves every vote he's getting. Play, playing performance-wise, I might just put him a tiny bit ahead of Doncic, but at the same time, Doncic is a is a tall guard. Like he's yeah. built different. Like you know, we don't see players like he's a unicorn, just like Porzingis. Mm-hmm. We don't see him players like like that around very often. And he, the way he is, like like the way he plays, the, he, he plays, and the way he positions himself in the market, he's really gathered he, he really gathered like a worldwide fan base where i feel like john moran yeah. is more of a american you know mm-hmm. his most of his fans are like american whereas you see like people in, in europe going crazy about luca 
So take that into account, you know, he's yeah. getting the extra population, the extra vote from different parts of the world right now that Ja isn't getting. So yeah, I think the standing makes sense. But if, if we're, if we're going to like talk about who deserves to start, I'll start Ja Moran over Doncic myself. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, obviously, Doncic is going to have um, all Slovenia voting for him. But like, I look at the list of guards who have like made the top 10 for the Western Conference. Um, Curry's your best point guard in the Western Conference, no doubt. Um, Doncic is having another great season, but he's still yet to have, like, he can take over games, but his supporting cast is so bad that, and he's still early in his career that he can only do it in spurts right now. Um, and the Mavericks aren't doing as well as people expected. Um, Morant, meanwhile, having a breakout year, and you look at the guards, the rest of the guards in the Western Conference. Devin Booker, awesome, but he's a shooting guard. Chris Paul, awesome point guard, but he's obviously past his prime as well. Donovan Mitchell, shooting guard. Damian Lillard's fantastic point guard, but he's having a really down year. He's still shooting only 40% from the field. This might be the worst year of his career since he kind of established himself as a superstar. Um, Westbrook goes without saying, lots of turnover problems. And Anthony Edwards, um, I don't even know why he's listed as a guard in this. He should be in the front court, but in the voting, it says guard. So in my mind, like John Morant to me right now is the second best point guard in the Western conference. For sure. He's definitely up there. And Luca, Luca Doncic, he's just not giving us the MVP season that we all expected. Yeah. You know, he's just playing like how he played as always. We're not yeah. seeing him taking to the next level yet. Yeah. I, 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 my prediction, I think, at the start of the podcast or whatever, was that Luka Doncic was going to win MVP. That is not happening. Um, and I don't, I, I expect Doncic to win an MVP at some point, but I'm kind of starting to wonder like when that's going to be. But the Mavericks definitely need to get a better supporting cast around him to start. Um, moving down the list in the guards, number four, Clay Thompson. Uh, Thompson, obviously, a fantastic player but he also hasn't played a game in two years. So this is just clearly like fans voting for the sake of voting. Yeah. Um, and then five, you've got Devin Booker. Obviously a huge reason why the Suns are doing super well. I would probably move him up. Like basically every player on this list, I would move up a spot to like take Clay Thompson off. Um, I like that Booker and Paul are five and six though. It, it feels pretty fitting that they're right beside each other. That's funny. And I think they're definitely going to make the All-Stars, even Chris Paul. I feel like Chris Paul is going to be that, you know, that veteran reserve. He's probably not even going to play. Just, you know, watching the young guns be like, yeah. 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 I, I think Booker for sure will be a reserve. Paul, it's a little more iffy just because he's one of the type of players that their stats don't necessarily show up on the box sheet um, the way other players do. Like, you know, like a Kyle Lowry. He's Kyle Lowry of yeah. the Western Conference, basically. Yeah, he definitely does a lot more than what his stat. His stats are pretty. Here's the thing: his stats are not bad at all. But he definitely does a lot more than what his stats she says. Yeah. Um, then at seven, you have Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, I would move him up a spot, but I'm cool around where he's ranked. He's obviously like half the reason why the Jazz have been so consistent the last couple of years, having another pretty great season. Um, you agree with that? What do you think? Like yeah. higher, lower on Mitchell? Keep I, the think, same? Well, I think he's good where he is. Uh, the, here's the thing about the Utah Jazz. You know, whenever 
a jazz player gets voted in all stars, it's like more than one of them get in, but none of them are like the best player. You know, yeah. you see what I mean? It's like that year with Atlanta Hawks where four four star is it five players or four players? I think it was started. four, but there was there was I think like either a week or a month where like the player of the week or month was like the entire Atlanta Hawks starting lineup. Yeah, that's where I see the the Utah Jazz as well. That's the type of team that they are to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great overall team, but that's the when we have a team like that, it's hard for Donovan Mitchell to shine. You know, I I always felt like Donovan Mitchell could do more on another team. Yeah, but he's settled in the system, you know. So yeah, the like the Jazz really they're pretty similar to the Suns. Just the main difference being like Mitchell is the primary scorer on the Jazz, whereas the Suns. Um, if Booker has like an off night, there are other players that can get you buckets for sure. If Mitchell has an off night, not necessarily the same, but otherwise the rosters are constructed pretty similarly. And then at eight, this is, I think the same case as, uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, we have Damian Lillard, so he's not going to be a starter. And I think for reserves, it's going to come down to whether, um, people are willing to overlook that he's having like a really bad year in replacement of the fact that like his name he's got the status you know the brand all that yeah i feel like just because the name damian lillard he's got to make the all-star games Mm -hmm. uh it'll be crazy if he didn't make it but i'd I'd be shocked i'd be shocked from face value if he didn't make it but depending on who the reserves are and if i looked at the stats or whatever i could be like yeah you know what i understand why he didn't make it and I think but Anthony, I would still be surprised. Yeah, I, I think Lillard's eight and nine. Anthony Edwards is at ten. I think Anthony Edwards should definitely be higher than those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anthony Edwards is having a fantastic second season. Um, I don't know if if he's not an All Star this year, he's definitely an All Star next year because sure. he is turning into like the dynamic. He's he's turning into the role player. I'm gonna restart that thought. Um, he's turning into the player that Cats desperately needed to like have some help on the team. Um, honestly, I think next season I would be shocked if Cat and Anthony Edwards weren't all stars. But I'm happy to see he's getting representation here. Um, and Westbrook's here just because of his name and he's on the Lakers. But let's be real, uh, Westbrook's not getting in. I agree. He's had some good runs, good streaks in this year, but uh, overall, I just I don't think he totally deserves that spot. So it's funny um, is that Westbrook gets memed so much of his turnovers. He's actually third in turnovers per game. He's at 4.6. And then you have James Harden at 4.8 and Luka Doncic at 4.7. Yeah. Obviously like 4.6 turnovers per game is still like a fucking lot. Um, but Westbrook's such a polarizing player that he's going to get like all like the blame and criticism for turnover problems that Doncic doesn't get and Harden gets to a lesser extent. Um, and then to close out the Western guards, the three players I put that you could maybe, if you had to sub someone out in that top 10 for, um, first up, I picked Jordan Poole because he has been playing fantastic uh, while Clay Thompson's been out. And honestly, if, Thompson was here to start the season. He probably would be right in there with Tyler Hero for sixth man of the year. But because he's been, he's been having to start like pretty much all the games until Thompson comes back. So he's not going to be in the sixth man of the year running for that reason. 
Um, DeJounte Murray's quietly been putting up really good stats to the Spurs, so yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing him in the top 10. Um, and I've really I've been watching a lot of Grizzlies basketball, mainly because of um, John Morant, obviously. But I really love Desmond Bain. Um, he is looking like one of the steals of his draft class for sure. So I think he would also be worthy of maybe being on that top 10 spot. I totally agree with what you said. I think the John Tim Murray is definitely on my list. Jordan Poole, just he really put the weight on his shoulder and showed us what he's capable of while Clay was absent. All right. Like those two are, are great picks. And someone else I would add in there, like I said earlier, is Shai Gilgis Alexander. I think you just can't ignore his stats and the highlight play he has, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think until the day we see him on a really good team, he's not going to get uh, – until the day we see him on a winning team, we're not, he's not going to get the respect he deserves. Yeah. I mean, he's putting up 22.6 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, 5.2 assists. Um, and I'm just trying to pull up his shooting percentage. And he's shooting – He's shooting 41% of the field, but that's partly just because, like, the Thunder is so bad. He's being asked to take so many shots. He's a career 47% shooter. Um, and the shots that he's been making have all been clutch as fuck. Yeah. Um, I think next year, when the Thunder are a bit better, he'll be in the conversation for sure. I just think, like, because of how bad they are this year, like, he's, he's not going to be in the consideration. But... If there's an exception I would make for any player to like put in the top 10, it would be shy for sure. For sure. Yeah. Agreed. If you had to pick one from the three I listed, uh, Poole, Murray, and Bain, who would you choose? To replace? Oh, I want to say Poole just because I love what he's done. He came out of nowhere and he's been falling out. But I think DeJounte Murray deserves that spot. A little bit more yeah 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 I, I, I think i've I always been a fan of him mm-hmm. he, he's it's mainly because he's on the spurs but he has been playing the most minutes bring up the most points he is he's quietly developing into a really good point guard um and i'm excited to see how he continues to develop as the season and future seasons go along um moving on to the eastern conference now so we're going to start with the front court at number one, two, I'm just going to do one, two, and three to start since they're probably the three best on here. You have Kevin Durant, number one, who is also currently your Eastern Conference captain. Um, you have Giannis at number two and Embiid at number three. Do you agree with the ranking of those top three? Because I think it's pretty clear that that should be like the three for the Eastern front court. Yeah, I, I think there's really nothing you can say about that. You know, Kevin Durant, the best player in the world right now, in my opinion, if you play one-on-one, no one can beat him in this world right now. Yeah. He's the, he's, I don't, I don't know if I would say, I don't know if I'd say best player in the world, just because I, I'm a big Giannis fan or whatever, but pure score, like no question about it. Yeah. Um, it's Duran and Atenacumpo are the top two players in the league right now. And they're pretty close. Yeah. They're really close. Um, I don't know. I think um, I'm cool with this ranking, but if I saw Giannis at one and Durant at two, I wouldn't be like, oh, like Durant needs to be number one. Yeah. You know, know, yeah. Those two, you can can pretty much say they're equal, you know? They're they're interchangeable. I don't want to say anything about that in the all-star talk. 
I, I really hope we get another playoff match between Brooklyn and Milwaukee or whatever. And I think as of right now, like it's obviously way too early um, for the playoffs. But if the playoffs ended today, if the playoffs started today, um, the Nets and Bucks would meet in the second round again. Ooh. So I don't know if the Bulls are going to hang on to that one seed. They could, but like the Nets and Bucks are just so freaking good that it's going to be difficult for the Bulls to hang on to the one seed because they've had some really close games um that they could have maybe lost that they had go their way uh but we'll see then at number four i'm gonna go four five six the four we've got uh tiger's boy jason tatum at five we got jimmy butler and number six we've got jared allen what are your thoughts gut reaction yeah um tatum i don't think i didn't say much like he deserves that spot and He's one of the best players in the Eastern Conference for sure. Butler and Allen. Uh, I mean, Butler makes sense why he's there. He hasn't been balling the best this season. Uh, you know, limited minutes. And just he, he's on a very stacked team. He doesn't really get, like, yeah those minutes like, like he did before. But Jared Allen, though, like, do you, did you see that coming? I did not see that coming. I do wonder if it's partly because of, like, Cleveland hosting the game um so and he's on the Cavaliers so he'll obviously get that bit of a voting push and the Cavs have been a surprise this season I'm just looking at his stats right now so I'm going to read these stats off he is averaging 17.1 points a game 1.9 assists 0.9 steals 1.5 blocks 10.7 rebounds on 70 percent shooting Oh, wait, no, wrong stat. No, it is 70% shooting from the field. That's good. That's really Those good. Those are pretty though. good stats. On I don't think that's three minutes. Is the all-star worth, though? I don't know. I think if you look at the rest of the front court list in the Eastern Conference, like, it's not outrageous to put him there. I think what could happen is if, like, uh, almost every year someone gets injured between when the all-stars are announced and when the game actually happens. So I could see Allen being, like, a replacement all-star. What's, what's outrageous to me is that I don't see Jalen Brown's name on this list. Yeah, I've got him, I've got him in my uh, three alternates for the top ten for this category. Um, I, I would put, like, Jalen Brown all the way up five or six if, if he's front court, you know. I'll yeah, put him all it, the way it's up really five surprising that he's nowhere to be seen on this list. Like, especially with, like, the number ten vote getter having not even 100,000 votes. Yeah. Like, what? And he's and he and look at Jason Tatum. He's got like six hundred thousand. It is shocking to me that he is nowhere to be seen here. It's yeah. probably the biggest surprise of this vote, honestly. Um, but yeah, I I can see Allen at six, um, Tatum at four. That's not a surprise to me because he's basically like um, how do I want to say this? Tatum at four doesn't surprise me just because like he's kind of got that Kobe mentality right now. I think he leads the league in field goal attempts per game right now. Um, and then Butler, not a surprise that he's at five because the Heat, if there's one player that's going to get a lot of votes, it's going to be him. Um, but I would probably put Butler still a little lower. Like, I'm looking at the rest of this list. So the rest of the list, just to be clear here, Bam at a bio at seven, Miles Bridges at eight, Marcus Aldridge at nine, and Vucevic at ten. And like, 
I would put Butler a little bit down, but I wouldn't put him far down. And same with Allen. Like, I might even hold Allen at six. The seven to ten is interesting. Um, I like that Miles Bridges is there at eight. I like that one too. I, I, I like that a lot. I'm glad he's getting some recognition on Charlotte. Um, Bam at seven seems about right. Vucevic at 10, that seems a bit low. I know he's not having the best season statistically, but that's mainly because of like how dominant Levine and DeRozan are. Like he's not asked to do the same type of stuff that he was do that he had to do on the Magic. And then Aldridge at nine, that's like another like okay, like he's not getting in there. Like fans are just voting him in. Yeah, Aldridge does not deserve to be there. And uh, I think Vucevic, like yeah, like you said, his what he does for the team really does not show on the on paper. And at the same time, he's not a big name. He's not a super exciting player. You don't see him. He's productive. He gets his job done, but you don't see him, you know, going up for slams, dunks, and stuff like stuff like that. But I think Vucevic, from the level of playing, he deserves to be higher. Yeah, like Vucevic, and not not I would not put Aaron Gordon um, in the All Star conversation at all. But, like, both Aaron Gordon and Vucevic were asked to do, like, way too much on the Magic because there's, like, nobody else. And as soon as they go to different teams where they don't have to be, like, the 1A, 1B options, like, they started playing, like, way better. Um, so I would put Vucevic higher for sure. As for the alternates in the Eastern front court, I think I actually put Jalen Brown in the backcourt for some reason for that, but we can sub him out. Um, or I can just talk about him in the Eastern guards, but the three I had written for front court, I had Pascal Siakam, uh, Chris Middleton, Julius Randall, and we'll throw Jalen Brown in too. Cause I think I just miswrote it as backcourt when it should have been front court. Um, you obviously said you really wanted to see Jalen Brown here, but between Siakam, Middleton and Randall, like which of those three would you want to see in the Eastern front court vote? Julius Randall. Are you kidding me? I think he's the New York Knicks fan. New York fans, where y'all at, man? Come on, you gotta step your game up. Vote your boy in, man. Like, they did have that green game winner against uh Well, not Randall, but the Knicks just had another crazy win over the Celtics. Uh, yeah, it's a very close game. Very close game. We don't have to talk about that right now. <laughs> but your boy Randall's been balling out, in my opinion. And those he he's he does have some off night here and there, but I think he's one of the more consistent players on the Knicks. I love the way he's been playing right now. He's a big body boy, you know, bringing his, like, you know, raising his level of play. I feel like, yeah, he deserves to be in the talk. Yeah. Um, I'm torn because he's, I'm looking at his stat. I hate to like just bring stats up because like stats help for something, but obviously the eye test helps for like a lot of things as well. Like just does the player look good on the court, right? Um, but you look at his stats compared to last year when he got his first all-star. Yeah. Uh, he had 24 points per game last season. He's at 19.6 this time. Um, his two-point percentage is basically identical. His three-point percentage is at 32 compared to 41 from last year. Um, so overall, he's shooting 42% from the field versus 45 Um and then your rebounds are identical. Your assists are down by one per game. Other than that, it's basically the same. So he is having a down year. Um, I think if he had like that Anthony Davis or Damian Lillard aura around him, it'd probably be easier for him to get in. But I'm not totally sure that he's going to make it just because he doesn't have that same name status as like 
other superstars that are having down years have, you know? For sure, for sure. Yeah, he's definitely having a down year, and the fact his name isn't as big as, you know, the, the other stars, definitely he should be worried about that. You know, even though he's in New York, he hasn't been able to, you know, bring that super level superstar status to himself yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. so definitely agree with what you said right there. Yeah. I, but I still think I would put Julius Randle of those three, even though I'm being a little harsh on him there. Um, and to close it out, we've got Eastern Conference guards. So at number one, I am thrilled to see I love it. DeRozan at number one in the Eastern Conference guards above everyone. Um, first uh, person. Two. Look at, look yeah. at the votes. Yeah, I think he's the overall number six vote getter across all four categories, which is like fucking sick. Um if you've been following basketball or if not, he became the first person in NBA history to hit consecutive buzzer beating game winners on back-to-back days. So December 31st, 2021 ends the year with a, with a game winner. January 1st, 2022 begins the year with a buzzer beating game winner. So I am stoked to see DeRozan at number one. And I think he's very deserving of that spot. Yeah. This two, this, as of right now, like the photo you sent me, DeRosa has nearly 1.5 million votes. Second yeah. place, James Harden has almost 900,000. Yeah. So he's up by a lot. Yeah, it's shocking that James Harden is like that far away from the one spot because he has like massive name status across the league. And he's number two. Um, I just wasn't expecting to be like almost double the gap between DeRosa and Harden. But hey, I'm not complaining. I'll happily take that. And I 100% agree. DeRozan won um hard in two and then at three we've got trey young and at four we've got zach levine i also agree with both of these although i probably would put levine at three um just because like the bulls are the one seed and half the reason well not half the reason but derozan clearly like the bulls are a fantastic team it's not just two players but like your one a and your one b is DeRozan Levine. So I would put Levine at three. And maybe you even have a case to put him at two just because, like, James Harden hasn't been, like, the James Harden that we know. Um, But four is too low for him, for sure. Trey Young, it's definitely partly because of name. And also, like, the Hawks, they are either the 11 or 12 seed right now. But he's been putting up crazy stats. Like, he he put up 56 points and 14 assists in a loss to the Trailblazers a few days ago. That's gross. That is... A loss, though. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'll agree. Zach Levine definitely deserves to be higher. Trey Young, his team is not performing, even though we expected so much from the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. yeah. It's been pretty surprising watching them struggle out of the gate. Um, I still think they can get their shit together. I think they're too good to not at least get a play-in game, but I think based on like the teams, Levine should be higher than Young. If it was strictly stats, I could be like, okay, sure, like Trey Young could put him above Levine, but from a team perspective, like it has to be Levine at three or two. Um, number five, LaMelo Ball. Not that surprising. Like, give it a couple of years, and he's probably going to be consistently like top two, top three, maybe even like consistently number one in the Eastern Guard category. He's a super popular young player on the rise. Number six, who just played their first game on Wednesday, uh, Kyrie Irving. I don't think Kyrie's even going to play in the All-Star game, man. I no, he's not. I mean, he could. It's in Cleveland, so that's a road game, yeah. technically. Um, 
but man, I, I look at some of these votes, like Kyrie Irving at six, Clay Thompson at four in the West, like Carmelo Anthony, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. I look at this and I'm like, this is why democracy is a bad idea. Uh, but but how do you feel if you're Lonzo Ball? Lonzo's doing solid as well, but like, you know, LaMelo. Yeah, we're, like Lonzo should be here. Lonzo yeah. should be here. He should be top 10. Um, I've got him as one of my alternates, but I'll continue down the list here. Like Derek Rose at seven. Like, look, I we, love we both love D Rose. He's People a love fantastic six man, but he's a six man. Like, yeah, I, I love D Rose though. You know, come on. We we both love D Rose. Um, same thing with Tyler Hero, fantastic six man right now. Probably gonna win six man of the year, but also probably not an all star. But he's at that eight spot because of name. Yeah, the uh, song, you know, that song. Yeah, good song. It's a good song. I'll, I'll give it that. Song. It's a good song. At 9 and 10 are two people who need to be higher. Uh, Darius yeah. Garland and Fred Van Vliet. They are both the main reason why... Actually, no, I'm, I'm not... Okay, so for Fred Van Vliet, I would say he is the main reason why the Raptors have climbed back into a playoff spot because um, they were really ravaged to start the year. And Scotty Barnes is fantastic, but you're asking way too much for like a rookie to like be like your best player out of the gate. And Van Vliet's like really turned it on the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, Cleveland is a well-built team, but Garland has been carrying an extra load because of Colin Sexton and Ricky Rubio both going down with season-ending injuries. And he's still playing super great basketball, even when he's being asked to be like the main creator for the offense. Um, both those guys need to be higher. I definitely agree. I feel like that's when sometimes, you know, you play for a small market team, you don't get seen as much on TV and people don't know who you are. But for us Canadian fans, we know that Fred Van Vliet is a baller. I think we can all agree that, like, that guy mm -hmm. deserves to be higher. Garland as well, with Sexton being out, putting the weight on his shoulder, you know, that's a really young team. It's not easy doing, doing well as a team, man. For uh, for a team with a, such a young core, I think he's doing great. He's doing great. Yeah, um, agreed. And, and it's held in Cleveland, right? So yeah, makes sense. One of the one of one of the biggest surprises to me though is Garland actually has fifty thousand less votes than Jared Allen, even though Garland is like the player they drafted and have like kind of built from the ground up, whereas Allen they only just traded for last year. Yeah, I found that pretty interesting. Um, Cleveland has a yeah. lot of really good young talents, man. So mm. exciting to see. Yeah, yeah, agreed. The three guys I had in the backcourt for the East that should be considered as well: um, Drew Holiday, Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball. You had to pick one of those three. Who you got? Lonzo, just because. Do you know how much it will sell? How crazy it will be to see You know how crazy it will be to have two balls in the All Star game. Yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. I could yeah, not. I'm sorry, I'd have to say it like that. Alley oop to the other. That'd be yeah. sick. You know, that's. I'm not saying the other two players are not playing as well as Lonzo, but it just for the people, you know, that's mm -hmm. that's the one thing that fans want to see: two balls, one game. Yeah, I think my Maybe logic. Three balls. I would. Agree, I think I would agree with Ball, mainly because if I look at it here, like all three of those guys are true point guards who don't need to put up crazy stats because they have other guys who are like the main scoring options. Um, so kind of the tiebreaker would probably be like the seeding in the East and bulls are number one. 
it'd be awesome. crazy if the Bulls had four All Stars. That'd be nuts. I I I wouldn't mind that. I think Lonzo is just a very solid overall player. You know, he might not he he might not be that superstar or All Star caliber yet, but he, I think he's definitely on his way up. He's been consistent. He's doing his thing defense defensively as well. You know, give that boy a shot. That's what the people want to see. That's what. It's going to create so much buzz around the NBA, you know. That's just what I think. And that's going to wrap things up for this episode of Talking Buckets. Next time, we will have the second batch of uh, all-star fan returns. We won't go as in-depth with it as we did today, just because we're expecting the standings to be pretty similar. Um, And we'll be able to make room to talk about some other events and drama going around the league. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. I'm Elijah Polson. I'm Tiger Ann. And we'll see you next week on Talking Bucket.